This is an AMI podcast. It's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. Welcome to the podcast where we talk all things audiobooks. This is AMI Audiobook Review. I'm Ramia Amudan here with Nisreen Abdel Majid. And the quote that you just heard, you might know because it said Fro- Frodo. <laughs> I was going to say Froyo. Where's my mind at? Uh, but that quote was from The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. And you know, the reason why I picked this is, just full disclosure, I've only read The Hobbit out of the entire series of uh, mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings uh, movies, books, all of it, all of it. I have only read The Hobbit. I find that fantasy is still quite new to me, just, you know, digging into um, big big books like this and where you absolutely have to feel that you're investing into realms. Uh, and I know that I'm a Potterhead. I'm, I'm practically known for this all across the station, right, Niz? But that was an investment that I was making, not even recognizing that it was going to be this huge, uh, you know, whirlwind into the Harry Potter life, the world, the universe. Um, but now that I understand what fantasy is, I'm like, oh, okay, this is how people get into the realms of fantasy and and the worlds of it, I have not yet been able to take in a lot of the different worlds. Now you, Nazarene, flipping it over, um, have you read or seen any of the Lord of the Rings series? Why or why not? Lord of the Rings was really big in my day. I did watch all of them, but I have not read it. I, I tried to read The Hobbit that was one book that I did try to read, not gonna lie. But I think it was just, as you said, fantasy books were just not my scene. Like, my sister mm. loves fantasy books. That's her big genre of books. I really have to get into it. I think I have to kind of get used to fantasy books to read that big of a book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, next week, this is a bit of a prelude because next week we're going to be chatting with Matt Agnew, uh, one of the technical producers at AMI-audio. And he's just like absolutely into various different fantasy realms and not just with audiobooks, but, uh, you know, everybody, video gamers know and movie watchers know um, just like how deep you do get into some series, some universes and uh, authors really take you places, but it is a lot to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into it or um, give it a chance knowing that if you're into it, it's going to be a really, really long ride <laughs> for the most part. So um, mm-hmm. really, I thought that, you know, it's, it's a, good place to start to pick one of the biggest like you said Nisreen one of the biggest um, worlds that people do know about and are heavily supportive of which is the Lord of the Rings series let's talk about the featured titles on the CELA homepage celalibrary.ca is where we go for this info Uh, the first one of the three titles is The Madness of Crowds by Louise Penny Mysteries and Crime Stories Uh, also My Life Through Food by Stanley Tucci and this is food writing The Heart Principle by Helen Hone is contemporary romance and that's the last title on the featured titles category Uh, lots more up there lots of updates but we're not 
not going to uh, get too much into it right now because we will be talking to our friends Teresa and Karen from SELA later on in the show, and they're going to share some very exciting news and some pilot projects for us. So, Nizreen, anything trending on Twitter this week that you want to mention? Yeah, on Twitter, audiobooks released this week's top releases. So, starting off with Invisible by Danielle Steele, the Made by Nita Prose, The School for Good Mothers by Jasmine Chan, No Land to Light On by Yara Zreib, Star Wars The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. Uh, have you read any of the Star Wars books, by the way? No, <laughs> not at all. See, I, that's, um, a, that's another thing that I think... Yeah. It, it's it's one of those books where you really need to even the even the movies you have to focus and you have to be patient with these books i don't know if i will get to those to be honest and you know what it is too um sometimes i'm i'm nervous to say that i haven't checked out star wars um because people are just people who are really into it are like <gasps> Right. But, you know, it's a total fan base thing. Right. It's a total like uh, you're engulfed in it. You love it. You absolutely, you know, appreciate the heck out of uh, what the creators have done Mm -hmm. Um, or you just don't know if it's your thing or you decided it's not your thing and, and you won't check it out. But really, like you said, I think fantasy is something where you it's it's either you like it or you don't. Yeah. yeah. And and the hesitancy can sometimes play the biggest role in whether you want to try it or not, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. the same as just picking a fiction book to read or picking a nonfiction book to read. You kind of know what you're going to get into. Whereas fantasy, there's a lot of different things that'll just make or break it for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's also part of the hesitancy is that you just need to think about how much your how much information that you need to grasp in those books and really yeah. appreciating all the information there is to share but yeah that's what's uh that's what's making waves in uh in trending <laughs> awesome You're listening to AMI Audiobook Review on AMI-audio, the podcast where we love to talk all things audiobooks. I'm Ramia Amudin, the host of the show. Joining me is Nisreen Abdel-Majid, our technical producer for the show. And now, let's jump straight into the first pause or play of 2022. This is a book that's not yet released. It's going to be released in March, but I thought uh, since we talked a little bit about it on our New Year episode that we would kind of dive in to see what people's interest levels are in checking it out. The book is called Burning Questions, Essays and Occasional Pieces and 2024 to 2021. It's part of the title. This is by Margaret Atwood, Greek Canadian writer, interested to see what it'll come up with. So let me tell you a little bit about the book. From cultural icon Margaret Atwood comes a brilliant collection of essays, funny, erudite, endlessly curious, uncannily prescient, which seek answers to burning questions such as, why do people everywhere in all cultures tell stories? How much of yourself can you give away without evaporating? How can we live on our planet? Is it true? And is it fair? What do zombies have to do with authoritarianism? In over 50 pieces, Atwood uh, aims her prodigious intellect and impish humor 
at our world and reports back to us on what she finds. The roller coaster period covered in the collection brought an end to the end of history of financial crash, the rise of Trump and the pandemic, from that to tech, the climate crisis and freedom, from when to dispense advice to the young answer only when asked, to how to define granola. We have no better questioner the the many and varied mysteries of our human universe. Going around the table now, starting with you, Nizreen, pause or play on this book. I think it's too busy for me to really grab my attention. Um, I'm going to say I'll pass. Okay, so pause pause on this one. Moving over to Teresa, you pause or play on this Margaret Atwood release. That that description. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a pause for me. Pause for you. Okay, not a fan of the collection of essays that Margaret is going to bring to us. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no. (laughs) Okay, and Karen, pause or play? I'm going to be the odd woman out here. I would totally read this. I am dying to know how she defines granola. Um, Oh, gosh. I I think she's brilliant. She drives me a bit bonkers sometimes, but I, I, um, I find her writing... Um, stimulating, even if sometimes some of the stuff I think kind of goes, you know, maybe above my head. I think she's brilliant. Um, so uh-huh. yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely read this one. Yeah. And you know what? It's a collection, right? So you don't have to read all 50. I guess you can uh, check out the burning questions that you may personally have. I think I like the fact that some of the stuff is philosophical and others are like, hey, we're living in this time right now. What is going on? Right? Like Trump and, and climate change and pandemic. Yeah, this kind of collection is right up my alley. I love this kind of stuff. Okay. All right. So you'll take one for all of us. Okay. I will. I'll take it for the team and I'll report back. Report back. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. You're hearing uh, Teresa Power, content um, and access librarian at SELA Library, as well as Karen McKay, the communications manager at SELA Library. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. And speaking of New Year, there's so much going on at SELA. Uh, so let's start, Karen, with some of the uh, the uh, Sealand news that's going on. World Braille Day was a few days ago, and there's a lot going on all through January to help celebrate. Yeah, so we typically have done stuff on January 4th, which was uh, Louis Braille's birthday. But because it's so close after the holidays, people miss it. So this month, we're working with partners um, at CNIB, at NELS, at the Canadian Council of the Blind, uh, with Braille Literacy Canada, and the BC Provincial Resource Centre for the Visually Impaired to put together a whole series of events. So there's four. The first one actually happens the day this podcast airs, which is Saturday, January the 8th. Uh, But then there's still three more after that. So there's one about building inclusive libraries, um, building Braille inclusion libraries. There's one about Braille resources for French speakers, and that one's actually offered in French in case we have any French listeners. And then the last one is um, refreshing and rethinking Braille awareness with a focus on equity and accessibility. And these are free and they're open to anybody who's interested in them. Uh, You just need to go to the NELS website to uh, register for them in advance, Uh, but there's still lots of time to register for the the upcoming ones. And um, we'd love to see folks out. We had some great attendance on our program last year, which was all on the one day. So we're thinking we're going to have a bit more with it spread out and people can can join us as they're able. So we're looking forward totally. to it. 
Awesome. Thank you uh, for sharing the details. And yeah, lots of great partnerships this time around. And with everything being virtual, there's just so much to uh, take part in. And, and like you said, just more access around the country. Now, tell us about the expanded delivery pilot project. We talked a little bit about this uh, on audiobook review last month, and it's very exciting and seems pretty hands on. It is. So we are super excited to be able to talk about this. We've been planning this for quite some time. So we are yeah. testing um, three new ways of delivering audiobooks to our users. And those include using a smart speaker, using a low cost portable device that actually has a solar charger that's great for on the go, and a fully featured um, Daisy player with a new way of, of storing the, the books. So we've got like a really broad range of resources that we're offering. So we've been contacting a number of our patrons to ask them for our help. And we're going to be recruiting more as the pilot continues. It's going to run till the end of March. And then once we complete the pilot and we get the, the feedback from our participants, we'll be sort of doing an assessment to see which options have worked best and then announcing what our plans are. And our hope is that all of these systems work really well so that we can really offer a whole new slew of ways that readers can access our books. So if folks are interested or they want to sign up, there's more information on our website and they're welcome to come and learn more. We've got an article up on our blog about it as well. Uh, and we'll be issuing updates through our social media and our newsletters and stuff as the pilot progresses so that people know where things are sort of heading. Okay, perfect. Yeah, your blog has the the complete breakdown of the project and how people can uh, get involved if they're interested. CELALibrary.ca and go check that post out. Uh, You want to tell us about Canada Reads because stuff is coming up for that very soon as well. It is. So again, this year we're working with the folks at Canada Reads. They're fantastic. And we are really thrilled that we're going to have all the books ready and waiting as soon as the shortlist drops later this month. So the long list is announced January the 12th, and then the shortlist is announced January the 26th. And the debates happen um, March the 28th through 31st. So once the shortlist is announced, you've got basically two months to read. There's five books um, and they're, it's, they're interesting books. We're really kind of excited about the list. We can't share it yet, but um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, this is sort of an important event for Canadian uh, book discussions. And it's really great that it's so participatory and that people can, you know, people get really passionate about it. So we love that Canada Reads works with us to make sure that there are accessible versions so that everybody can participate, that it's not just folks that get them from their typical libraries. So yeah, we're really excited about Canada Reads this year. Lovely. Now, did the debates get a lot of attendance um, last year? Uh, They were all virtual. They've been all virtual the last two years, Um, Uh but they run on a variety of platforms. So you can watch on like Facebook Live. They have it on YouTube. They have it live streaming. Um, They run them, you know, multiple times through the day. So you can catch it whenever kind of works for you. Um, And then they have, they usually have some events with authors and that kind of thing happening before or sometimes after. So there's, you know, if you're a literary fan or if you're a Canadian lit fan, it's a great time because there's lots of interesting things and lots of interesting conversations happening. Twitter lights up on it. um, Oh, yeah. So, yeah. The social around this is incredibly engaging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we we listen to a couple, or we sort of follow a couple of sort of thought leaders on this, but we also follow all the authors. Uh, and yeah, it's just a really interesting way for, for everybody to participate in a conversation about the books that we should read. We don't know what the theme is yet, or at least we can't announce it. So, um, but it's a, it's a good, it's a great opportunity. We just love that this is something that we can all kind of get behind. So which one is it? You don't know, or you can't announce it? No, I'm kidding. Okay, so... <laughs> I shouldn't even tell you Caught this. You there, but no. Caught you. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. 
We actually no, don't know. They didn't tell us. They're keeping us in the Aww. dark for good reason, I think, so that, you know, we don't. I know, go. right? Yeah. For opportunities like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, we all went through the uh, pause or play for the Mar- Margaret Outwood anticipated release, anticipated for some of us around the table. Um, but I wanted to talk to you guys about some of the books that you're excited about reading this year, checking out in the uh, near future. So, Teresa, we'll start with you because we haven't heard from you in a bit. Tell us about The Man Who Ate Too Much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just to preface my book choices, so Karen and I were talking a bit about the CBC article that came out recently, and it was talking about people's reading habits during the pandemic, and I don't know if you had set goals during the pandemic, like in theory, we had more time, so we have more time to read, and you know, like, how that panned out, or maybe you set different goals. But I mean, for myself, I I kind of looked at this as an opportunity for what I'm calling shelf love. And I Mm. don't think that I I didn't come up with that. I I think that that's totally from somebody else. But I like it because for me, the pandemic was a way of carving out um, a space for reading books that I always want to get to, but kind of never do because of work and like other reading obligations that I'm part of that really take up a lot of my time so for me that's really nonfiction. I always want to read a lot of nonfiction. it's something I'm always interested in um, but never something that I really get to a lot so there's three books that I'm really interested in getting to so The Man Who Ate Too Much is a biography of James Beard Um, He's really well known. He was a chef. He published cookbooks. He was an author. Um, There's a big uh, cooking school named after him and awards. And this is just basically a biography of his life. Um, And um, I'm really interested in this just because, I mean, he is so well known. And, you know, as people were really interested in, in, French cooking, Ella, like Julia Child, he really brought like American food to the forefront. Oh, well, I just love the titles. Honestly, I don't know if it's if it's just been this way or if I'm just noticing more how funny and uh, witty these titles are becoming. And that you just it, don't judge a book by its cover. It's just so hard because you're like, oh, this title sounds great. I want to check it out. Um, Karen, you got some books for Christmas that you want to get into, and The Art of Gathering, which seems like an ironic title at this time, uh, is one of the books. It is. So this book was actually published in 2018, but all of a sudden in late 2021, it was kind of like everywhere on my social media, my friends were reading it. We had a huge uh, wait list at our local library for it. So I put it on my Christmas list. And I think it's probably partly because it's of the pandemic and we've kind of become more aware about the importance of gathering and about being intentional. So it's written by Priya Parker. She um, is arguing that our gatherings tend to be kind of lackluster in our lives and that it's really important for us to be more intentional about it. And she tells a couple of stories. And this is one of the things that came across my social media. She was talking to um, a friend who was feeling like she really needed to spend some time with her friends. She was tired and worn out. Uh, So she wanted to do a dinner party, but nobody was responding. So she rethought it. She gave it a name. She called it the worn out mom's hoot nanny. And she emailed all her friends and she said, come to this. There's a rule. If you talk about your kids, you have to take a shot. All of her friends (laughs) emailed right back and said, yeah, absolutely. And they had a great 
evening together um, because they were just all tired of taking care of other people and they really just wanted to have some time for themselves. So she sort of walks through why we need to create meaningful and memorable experiences and whether that's for big groups or small. And it's this is the kind of stuff I love to read about. So I'm really looking forward to digging in to this and, and you know, getting more than just what was on my social media. My friends loved it. So I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Oh my god. It just sounds so cozy, you know? Like it's it's one of these things that right now just feels like almost unattainable to have uh gatherings or even just the the kinds of relationships that you're talking about or the the late night um hangouts, but it's so nice to to read about it. Let's try to squeeze at least one more in. Um Teresa, one of the ones on your list is Sex Cult Nuns. Nuns. Yeah. Yeah. Um so This is uh, a memoir about um, a woman who was part of a group called the Children of God. And I believe they have renamed themselves to be called the family. And this is an organized international group. And it ran for about 50 years, had about 10,000 live-in disciples, and it spread like 170 countries. And Children of God... um, is basically a cult. And the author's own grandfather was actually a founding member of this group. And it people have described it um, reading a lot like Educated and The Glass Castle. Uh, mm. So compelling writing, um, and especially like in terms of educated, really um, learning yourself like not having a formal education, but like having that quest for knowledge and and learning yourself. Um, And there was actually another memoir about this group called Not Without My Sister, and it was published in 2007. So it might be somewhat familiar to people, but I mean, I know that the the title is quite shocking um, and the content of it is, some of the content of it is quite shocking. But I mean, in terms of reviews, they really talk about how um, compelling and wonderful her writing is. So I'm really looking forward to delving into this one. Okay, that is a very diverse collection. And I lied. We have time for one more really quick throw uh, for small creatures such as we. Tell us about this one, Karen. So this is written by Sasha Sagan, who's the daughter of Carl Sagan, the noted famous astronomer. Um, and she becomes a mom. And then she f- realizes that while she's been grounded in science, she really wants to learn more about traditions and rituals and um, things that sort of cross the um, connections between cultures and religions. And so she starts to investigate how um, cultures celebrate and come together and connect. And this is just, again, this is the kind of thing I love to read. So I'm looking forward to this. She says, or the description says, it's part memoir, it's part tribute to her dad, part tribute to the natural world, part of just a, a spiritual journey. Um, and this is the kind of thing that I've been sort of thinking about. I remember thinking mm-hmm. about it when my kids were young and now with the pandemic thinking about it again. So again, I'm looking forward to reading this one. Amazing. I, I love that there's a lot of self-discovery, not content necessarily, but just the context of it in a lot of these new releases, because that's literally what we're all going through um, in this year, last year, and just this whole phase of our lives. Guys, thank you so much for joining us again. And this is a, a really great way to kick off the year of reading with your goals, your specific titles that you're looking forward to digging into. So appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next month. Thanks so much. Thank we always you. have so much fun with you guys. Have a great day.
Us too. Teresa Power and Karen McKay of SELA Library joining us to talk uh, all things audiobooks and, of course, sneaking in some good SELA news. CELALibrary.ca is where you go for more information on what's going on with the Center for Equitable Library Access. That's it for us today on AMI Audiobook Review. We'll be back next week with a new episode to talk all things audiobooks. And until then, happy audiobook listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.